Good morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you all here today. For those of us, or those of you who may be joining us via our drive-in, listening over the radio, could we get a couple car honks so we know you can still hear us okay? Okay, thank you. Uh, And welcome to those of you watching on Facebook Live or listening to this later on our podcast or on our call-in number. Today is the third Sunday of Advent, and we have a couple quick announcements before we get to our worship service. First, I'd like to thank everyone for uh, being good about uh, wearing your masks and everything. We want to make sure we keep everyone safe and healthy. Um, I sent an email out on either Friday or yesterday, I don't remember, um, and I know not everyone is on the email list or not everyone has email, so if you have not heard this yet, I apologize. Uh, Friday morning, I discovered that there was a break-in here at the church. Uh, the back door that is over here between the library and the choir room, uh, the window had been smashed in. Um, the door between my office and the church office was kicked in and split in half, and several Cabinets and drawers had been opened and rummaged through. Uh, we had the state police come and check everything. They're doing an investigation. Uh, as best we can tell, nothing was really taken, and we assume they were looking for money and didn't find any. Um, and I guess the, the sad thing is if they went to church, they'd know that deposits are usually made Sunday or Monday. So coming on a, when they did, they wouldn't have found anything. Um, But the window has since been uh, repaired. Our trustees were very uh, quick on that, and we are taking care of some other things. Uh, The trustees are meeting this Thursday, and we're going to be discussing uh, the possibility of maybe a security system or some cameras. Um, Oh, uh, we are not going to be passing the offering plates this morning just as a way to, again, keep from potentially spreading anything. The white church is sitting out uh, in the narthex on a red chair. Uh, so if you'd like to uh, give your offering today, we ask that you just place it in there um, on your way out or if you need to get up and stretch your legs at some point during the service. And I'll try to remind you about that during uh, the normal offering time as well as at the end of the service. Um, do we have other announcements? I feel like I'm forgetting something. Anyone? Um, we, we were very fortunate this week. I had the, um, opportunity to visit with the Huron Valley Sunrise Lions Club and, um, update them on how our food pantry is going at Bishop. And they have been kind enough to give a $200 donation to the pantry. So we're going to be sending a thank you to them. And we had a lot of fun on Friday with the cookie decorating, which most of the cookies were eaten, uh, they didn't make it home, and uh, a lot of little people had sugar highs, because it's really fun to put that frosting on your knife and lick it off. So that's oh, all. Also, in your uh, bulletin, uh, you uh, hopefully uh, see the order forms for the poinsettias. Uh, those are due today. Today's the last day you can place an order for these. So if you have one, please see Fonda. Um, 
Okay, so fill this out, put it in with your offering, and then she'll take care of it from there. Um, did someone else have something once, twice, sold? Okay. All right, well, that is some of the business and the goings-on here at our church. Uh, I'd like to ask you now to uh, bring your focus and presence to a time of worship, um, and I'm going to hand things over to Fonda to get us started. Good morning. My name is Fonda Heike. It's so good to see all of your faces out there. Um, I'm going to be leading you in the call to worship. Uh, then you're going to notice that your hymns are still printed. Uh, so there's no page number in the hymnal. This way we'll be kind of discouraged from rumbling through the hymnal. We still don't want to touch too many things. We want to kind of uh, keep it as contamination-free as we can. So at this time, I invite you to turn your hearts towards our worship and join me in the call to worship. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For the Mighty One has done great things, and holy is God's name. So at this time, we will sing our opening hymn, which is Angels We Have Heard on High, and Lo, How a Rose is Blooming. And those are both printed and are in your bulletin. Please rise if you are Oh 
our opening prayer this morning. Mighty God, your faithfulness is magnified in the coming of your Son, in the long-awaited birth of the promised Messiah. May we, like Mary, proclaim your greatness as we rejoice in our Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now, Pastor Michael will lead us in the Advent meditation. You may be seated. The best discussions of Mary's response recognize the pitfalls inherent in rendering Mary either a passive participant who has no choice but to submit to God's will or an autonomous individual who can choose differently than to bear God to the world. The doctrine of Christian vocation offers clarity. Mary's obedience is neither optional nor forced. Mary acts freely when she offers herself as a servant of the Lord. To embrace her identity as the mother of God is the only choice that is true to her calling because it is consistent with who she actually is. The selection of Mary to be the mother of Jesus is an occasion to spur Christmas to exit the realm of predictability and open themselves up to the unexpected and unimaginable. Consider this question in your hearts. Are there certain characteristics of Mary that you most admire? And a prayer we lift. Turn the tables of our expectations upside down and let us be active participants in your grace. Amen. The candles on this wreath have their own special significance. The four candles represent the four weeks of Advent, and one candle is lit each Sunday. Three of the candles are purple, because the color violet is a liturgical color that signifies a time of prayer, penance, and sacrifice. The third candle is pink and symbolizes joy. It is called a shepherd's candle and is pink because rose is a liturgical color for joy. The third Sunday of Advent is Gaudet Sunday or Rejoice Sunday and is meant to remind us of the joy that the world experienced at the birth of Jesus as well as the joy that the faithful have reached the midpoint of Advent. We will now sing the third verse of Light the Advent Candle Song. Thank you. 
Christians that are assembled here will recite what's known as our affirmation of faith. Uh, This particular one today was written by Reverend Stephen Fearing. The message is still the same. The language is a little bit more 2021, but the thought is the same. I invite you to read along with me or to follow or to recite together our affirmation of faith. We believe that God has come to us, that God brought us into being, that this God gave us breath and purpose, that we have blessed to be a blessing to others, that we have fallen short of this commandment, but that God has nevertheless loved us despite our brokenness. We believe that God is coming to us, that God is not happy to leave us alone, that this God will come to us in a particular human being, that God will be made known to us in flesh and bone like ours, that Mary will soon give birth and Joseph will soon clap his hands in joy, that Jesus Christ will be born and our salvation made complete. We believe that God will come to continue the final word and that word will be good, that this God will give us the presence of the Spirit to continue our work, that we are called to be disciples to all the corners of the earth, that the day is coming when tears and pain will be no more, and all will gather at the table to sing an endless and perfect Alleluia. Joining Mary's joyful song, our souls proclaim the greatness of the Lord and our spirits rejoice in God our Savior. With humble and grateful hearts, let us bring our offerings to God. And again, after the service, or if you wish to do so uh, during uh, the anthem, the white church in the back has a slot on the top. You can uh, leave your offerings there.
If you would please rise and join me in singing our doxology. Holy God, your love is magnified in the gift of your Son, whom you so freely share with us. Bless these gifts that we offer to lift up the lowly and fill the hungry in your coming reign of justice and peace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And if you would remain standing as you are able for our next hymn number 245, the first Noel.
may be seated. It is now uh, time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite all of our youth and children to come hang out up here, uh, social distancingly appropriately. And uh, remember, we are all children of God, so anyone is invited to come up and hang out. Hi. Okay. Okay. So how are you guys doing this morning? Good. Everybody awake? Yeah. Yeah. So later, I'm going to be talking with all the adults about part of the story of the angels coming and telling Mary about Jesus. Hold on. Oh, I forgot they were in there. Whoops. We have more friends here. Come on. I won't bite, I promise. I love you. Okay, no, you. All right. So later, I'm going to talk to the adults about Mary when the angel comes and tells her about Jesus, how she's going to have a baby and it's going to be Jesus and all the cool stuff he's going to do. Yeah. And do you do you know the angel's name? Does anybody know what the angel's name is? No. What do you think it is? Um, Mary? No, Mary. Mary is Jesus' mom. What about you? What do you who, do? You know. It is Gabriel. Good job. And Gabriel is the same angel that we talked about about two weeks ago who came and told Zachariah and Elizabeth that they were going to have a baby who was going to be John the Baptist. Yes. It's very pretty. And what's really kind of cool about that is Elizabeth and Mary are cousins. So Gabriel, he just, he's going through the whole family. He's, he's hanging out with everybody. And what's really cool about this time of year is this is one of the only times of year we really talk about angels. What do you guys do you what do you guys think an angel looks like? Um, yeah. Um like this floating blob of eyes and wings. There are angels described that way in the Bible. What about you? What do you think an angel might look like? Uh, okay. What about you? What do you think? A woman with wings that flies around. Yeah. So angels are described a couple different ways in the Bible based on which kind of angel they are because there's a couple different kinds of angels. And we don't know for sure what Gabriel looked like because it doesn't really describe what Gabriel looks like in the Bible. Oh, yeah. But Gabriel probably looked like a person, for the most part at least, because otherwise Mary probably would have run away screaming if it was something really scary. Yes? Um, the, uh, Gabriel said, uh, um, do not fear. 
That's right. Gabriel does say, especially to Zacharias, says, do not be afraid. And he even does say that to Mary. So Gabriel might have looked a little bit different. We're not sure. But the point is, Gabriel got to bring this awesome message about Jesus coming and how Jesus was going to do a lot of really good things and help people. Yep, that's the way a lot of people think angels look like. And you know what? One day, we'll all get to find out exactly what angels look like when it's our turn to go home to God. But for right now, for this time right now, the message that Gabriel brought was one of joy. Do you guys know what joy means? What do you, go ahead. What do you think joy means? Yeah, if you enjoy something, if you're happy, if you're excited, what are you guys excited about right now? What gives you joy right now? DeAndre, what gives you joy? Um, Playing with your friends at school. Okay, what brings you joy? Christmas. Christmas. Is it because of the presents? Yeah. What about you? What brings you joy? Uh, Christmas and Nintendo Switch. And the Nintendo Switch. (laughs) Okay, so... This message brought Mary a lot of joy, even more joy than any of those things put together. I'm sorry, what brings you joy? Um, the tots. The tots? No, the tots. Oh, okay. What brings you joy? Reading. Reading, okay. What about you? What brings you joy? Okay, that's all right. What brings you joy? Cookies and Christmas. I like, he, he's got the right idea. And presents. Okay. 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 So here's what I need you guys to do. We need to do the Lord's Prayer. And I want you guys to help me in, in leading the congregation in the Lord's Prayer. And I think it's DeAndre's turn to help lead us. Yes? Okay, we'll we'll figure it out next week. So um, DeAndre is going to help lead us. And sometimes when we say the same prayer that we say a lot, sometimes we say it kind of like, and that's not the way we should say the Lord's Prayer. We should say the Lord's Prayer with joy. So I want us to all try, and that includes all of you, to try and put some extra joy in our prayer this morning, okay? All right, come sit next to me. You ready? And we're, we're not going to do the call and repeat. We're just going to go all the way through it. Are you ready? Okay, you ready? All right. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, you guys did awesome. Thank you so much. It is time for Sunday school. I love you. I love you too. It is time for Sunday school. So if you would follow Miss Barb and Miss Sarah and go learn some stuff and have fun, I think they've got all kinds of cool things for you guys to do.
All right. I know uh, typically pre-COVID, uh, we would pass around a microphone for joys and concerns. Um, and right now, in an effort to, again, keep from spreading anything, we're going to refrain from that. But um, if you have something you'd like to lift up, uh, raise your hand. I will call on you, and then I will repeat it in case anyone could not hear you well enough. So do we have any joys or concerns we'd like to raise up? Yes. So prayers of thanks for everyone with the decorations and all their hard work. And I agree, it is it is nice. It feels like Advent and Christmas uh, for the first time in in a while. Do we have any others? Yes. Absolutely. And as you, uh, are all of your family members safe? Okay. So prayers for everyone uh, in Kentucky who have been affected by all of the storms and tornadoes and the devastation there. Um, there's a lot of need for prayer and healing and restoration in that space. Did we have another? I thought I saw one other hand, maybe. Okay. All right, if you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. Let us join our voices with Mary, who celebrates God's greatness and sings of God's blessing for all who are poor and oppressed. Eternal God, we pray for the world that our warring ways may be overturned, even now through the birth, death, and resurrection of Christ, for nothing is impossible with you. We pray for the mission of your church, that we may proclaim the good news of the age as we rejoice in the gift of our Savior. We pray for all who suffer, that we may feed the hungry and lift up the lowly through the power of your holy and life-giving spirit. We especially lift up those who have been affected by the storms and tornadoes and devastation both in Kentucky and Illinois and surrounding areas. We pray for your creation, that we may safeguard its well-being from generation to generation to your honor and glory. We remember before you those who have died and pray for those who will die today, that they may rest with you eternally in your kingdom where there is no end. Through Christ, with Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, we magnify you, Almighty God, forever and ever. Amen. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Astonishing God, send your Holy Spirit upon us as we await the coming of your Son. Fill us with good things that we may conceive your reign on earth and glorify you according to your word. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
Our scripture reading this morning is found in the Old Testament, uh, the book of Zechariah. Zechariah's prophecies began about two months after Hagar and some of the other prophets began talking. And this is his opening message. And then he follows with giving commands. So when you hear the word I, this is Zechariah speaking. I ask, what are these, my Lord? During the night, I had a vision, and there before me was a man mounted on a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in a ravine. Behind him were red, brown, and white horses. What are these, my Lord? The angel who was talking with me answered, I will show you what they are. Then the man standing among the myrtle trees explained, They are the ones the Lord has sent to go throughout the earth. And they reported to the angel of the Lord, who was standing among the myrtle trees, We've gone throughout the earth and found the whole world at rest and in peace. Then the angel of the Lord said, Lord Almighty, how long will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem and from the towns of Judah, which you have been angry with for 70 years? So the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. Then the angel who was speaking to me said, Proclaim this word. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for Jerusalem and Zion, And I am very angry with the nations that feel secure. I was only a little angry, but then they went too far with their punishment. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will return to Jerusalem with mercy, and there my house will be rebuilt and the measuring line will be stretched out over Jerusalem, declares the Lord Almighty. Proclaim further, this is what the Lord Almighty says, My towns will again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. At this time, we invite you to stand if you'd like to.
This is the very familiar child's hymn that a lot of us probably learned, Away in the Manger. It's printed in your bulletin. seated. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the gospel of Luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 38. This section of text is headed with the title, The Birth of Jesus Foretold. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. O loving God, who gave us the true joy of this season through the birth of your Son, our Savior, we come to you this morning celebrating the joy that is this Advent season. We ask that you guide us in our celebration by bringing a joyful peace to our hearts, quieting our minds, and freeing us from distractions as we listen to your message for us today. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to you all as we continue in our venture through this Advent season. We are now in our third week of Advent, and so far we have covered a message of hope and then a message of peace, or no, sorry, a message of faith. Um, and now today we come to a message of joy. And each of these messages, as I mentioned with our, our young people, were delivered by an angel, whether they were named or unnamed. Throughout both the Old and New Testaments, angels have been acting as God's messengers to humanity. And this week's story focuses on a very special message delivery. Our reading is about, of course, the delivery of this message of joy not just to Mary, but to the whole world. So from an unbelieving priest, also known as Zachariah from our first week, to a young virgin Mary, whom we are seeing now today, to a questioning fiancé, one carpenter named Joseph from last week, to common shepherds out in the field at night, and several others, all of these people were met with messages by angels. The impact on each of these people was profoundly life-changing in, in so many different ways. We must also again ask ourselves if each of these people could be led to see the incarnation through the angel's eyes, are we also not invited to do the same? So joy. It's not a word I feel like we really use all that much in our world, at least not right now. I mean, outside of products like an Almond Joy or Joy Dishwashing Soap or singing the hymn Joy to the World, when was the last time you heard the word joy? And for that matter, when was the last time you heard someone use it to describe their feelings or their state of mind? When was the last time you heard someone say they felt joyful or maybe they were full of joy? I'm guessing it may have been quite some time, if even longer for many of us. The word joy is one that seems to have fallen by the wayside in our world's word usage. Now, I am by no means a linguist, a linguist or have any other training that might help me to determine how this happened or when it happened, but I have some guesses as to what may have helped it along. Obviously, this pandemic has sucked almost all joy from us, but I also think it might come down to the fact that maybe a lot of us have forgotten what joy really is. We are so far removed from the time when this message was delivered 
that there are times I'm not sure we really know what joy means. And the most unfortunate part of that reality is that we are the kind of people that this message was not only delivered to, but maybe even intended more for. And now that's not to say that the message of Christ's birth was only intended for some. It is a a worldwide message of joy. But the angels brought these messages to the everyday kind of people, not the chief priests, not the Jewish elders, not the religious leaders. I will admit that I also personally have struggled to find rest or find rest in or live into joy due to some events of the past few weeks and days. The school shooting in Oxford, Michigan has left me drained of joy. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the break-in at our own church this last week has sapped almost anything that was left. While two doors were damaged and, as I mentioned, the offices were rummaged through and a few other areas, nothing significant was taken and no other vandalism was, uh, you know, done, which is a blessing, I suppose, in itself. I am thankful that the situation was not worse, but I am still struggling to find some joy right now. And when we look back at our reading from Luke's gospel, we find someone else who might have struggled to find some joy in their situation had things been a bit different. We enter the story with the angel Gabriel being sent by God to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Gabriel. We know Gabriel. As I told our youth, our Gabriel brought the message to Zachariah and Elizabeth about having the son that would be John the Baptist. So again, Gabriel's back out delivering more messages for God. Gabriel's a pretty busy angel these days. So Gabriel heads out to Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph from the house of David. I wonder who that could be. Well, we already know either from hearing this message or this passage a few moments ago or from knowing the story from earlier in our lives that it is in fact Mary. So Gabriel finds Mary and he says to her, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, Mary, she doesn't respond with something like, oh, great. Hi, nice to meet you. No, just like probably any of us would, she is much perplexed by what Gabriel says and is trying to figure out what he means. Notice, though, unlike Zechariah, Mary is not described as being afraid at the presence of Gabriel. So this does still raise the question from two weeks ago, did Gabriel just simply startle Zechariah in the temple, causing him to be afraid, or... Is Mary just some tough young woman unafraid of anything? Or maybe somewhere in between or a little of both? To make the debate even more confusing, though, Gabriel does say to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, to me, that sounds a lot more like Gabriel reassuring Mary about the greeting that Gabriel just offered, not so much about Gabriel's presence. Gabriel continues to inform her that she will conceive in her womb and bear a son, and she will name him Jesus. 
Now, while the news of becoming pregnant might be a welcomed one by many people, especially someone like Elizabeth, who had been struggling to conceive for so long, Mary's situation made these words maybe not so exciting at first. Mary was a virgin and engaged to Joseph. If she were to be found with child, Joseph could divorce her, publicly humiliate her, even put her life in jeopardy and get her stoned. As I mentioned previously, a bride's virginity was a really big deal back then and in that culture. This part of Gabriel's message could have been seen as a death sentence at worst and a life exiled from family and loved ones at best. But thankfully, this is not the end of Gabriel's message. Thankfully, he continues saying, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Okay, now that sounds pretty good. And if one is to believe Gabriel's words, it would be safe to assume that things are going to work out okay with the whole marriage thing one way or another in the end. So this message is sounding, starting to sound a whole lot better. Mary is going to become the mother of this person unlike any of the world has ever seen before, all according to what Gabriel is telling her, this heavenly messenger. But Mary, just like everyone else who has had a conversation with Gabriel, at least it seems, asks the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? Well, now we have a problem. Someone is questioning Gabriel's message. Do you remember the last time that happened? Yeah, Zechariah questioned him, and he wasn't able to speak again until John was born. I wonder what's going to happen to Mary Maybe the same kind of punishment, no more speaking for nine months. Maybe something worse. Let's keep going and see what happens. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What? Wait a minute. Zechariah gets called out. For not believing Gabriel's words, the holy message, and Mary gets a nicely explained response? That's not fair. Now, you could make the argument that since Zechariah was a priest, he maybe should have had more faith or, or something like that and not felt the need to question Gabriel. And Mary is still a young person, somewhere between 14 and 16 most likely, so we cut her some slack. One might not have the same expectations of her as they would have for Zachariah when it comes to messages from angels, I suppose. It still seems kind of unfair, but whatever. And then Gabriel tells Mary about her relative Elizabeth, the same one from our first week who, in her old age, what a nice way to be referenced, has also conceived a son And is in the sixth month for her who said to be barren, for nothing is impossible with God. I love that last sentence, for nothing is impossible with God. 
So not only is Mary given a pass on the whole questioning the angel thing, but now she's even offered more reassurance in the evidence of Elizabeth's situation. I will say, though, that when we look at Mary's response to all of this at the end of our reading, that may offer some insight into why she seems to be given more grace, if you will, in the questioning the angel part. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Here we have this young woman, one who is engaged and soon to be married, being presented with this future reality that is not only going to change her world, but the entire world. And she openly accepts this this fate that Gabriel has brought to her. Now, Luke is the only gospel writer who tells this part of the story. So unfortunately, we don't have anything else to compare it to in terms of scripture or gospels. And we're not told anything else about Mary's reaction to all of this other than her acceptance. We don't know if she cried or smiled or laughed or gave Gabriel one of those, you know, what are you talking about looks? So can we really say this is a message of joy? Well, I think there's a few ways we can look at this. We know that not being able to have a child was a challenging reality for a wife in that time period and that culture from what we saw with Elizabeth. Given that, Mary may have felt some joy in receiving this promise to have a child, which would spare her the difficulties that Elizabeth faced in her own community with her reputation and whatnot. And having a child would be seen as fulfilling part of her duty as a wife to her husband. Yes, it was not going to be his child, per se, but a special child and not one conceived out of wedlock in an affair or her cheating on Joseph or anything like that. So just from all those things, we can see some ways that this still is a joyful message for Mary. But this is also a message of joy for the world and creation, even if the world would not hear it directly for at least a little while longer. But the world, not just Mary, is being promised a great person is coming into the world, the Son of the Most High. This is the promised Messiah that the world had been waiting and wanting to come for so long. Finally, This promise from so long ago was going to be fulfilled. This is a message of joy beyond anything that has ever been before. And it is a message of joy for all people in all times and in all places. One of my favorite hymns this time of year is number 246, Joy to the World. We haven't sung it yet today, and it's not the last hymn when I'm done with our message, but it is coming soon, I promise. Me and Tammy and Teresa and the rest of the worship team, it's coming, I promise. But I can remember back to even when I was a child that that hymn has always made me feel a sense of excitement and joy, almost overwhelming in a way, but a very positive one. 
And even though there have been several events lately that have been the opposite of joyful for many of us, that hymn and this message from Gabriel still help me find some joy and turn me around once again. I hope and pray that it can and does do the same for all of you. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is number 229, Infant Holy, Infant Lowly. If you would rise as you are able as we sing this hymn. has so graciously brought some cookies, um, and they are set out in Fellowship Hall. You are uh, welcome to go and find one or two that uh, should go home with you. Um, I ask that you please remember to keep your masks on and social distance appropriately. Um, we want to continue to keep everyone safe, and thank you, Katie, for bringing those in. Um, it's, uh, it's one more kind of step towards things feeling a little bit more normal, so... But now, beloved children of God, do not be afraid, for God is with you and will strengthen you in your journey through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Magnify the Lord and rejoice, for nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And the blessing of God, who creates, redeems, and restores, be with you now and always. Amen.